Are you ready to perform at your highest potential? Welcome to the Performance Matters Podcast from GP Strategies. In each episode, we'll interview industry experts, exploring best practices and innovative insights to help you and your organization improve performance. Hello, and welcome to the podcast. My guests today are Chris Davis, Senior Director of Business Consulting at GP Strategies, and Cheryl Jackson, Organizational Design and Change Practice Lead at GP Strategies, and they are both here to talk about change management. Chris, Cheryl, it is great to have you on the show. Thank you, Jeremy. It's really, really nice to be here today. Yeah, thanks for having us. You are quite welcome. So now here we are, 18 months into this pandemic, and We've seen organizations around the world that have had to make big changes for reasons that we're all familiar with. So, Chris, let's start with you. What have you observed over the past couple of years in terms of how well organizations have adapted to these big changes? Yeah, that's a that's a great question, Jeremy. Um, so, and to not really dwell on the pandemic itself, uh, just I think it's important for folks to understand, you know, sort of the magnitude of the changes that have occurred over the last 18 months or so uh, with organizations out there. They've had to deal with changes in their work environment, working from home, disruptions to their supply chain, right? Changes in policies that they are implementing across their workforce. And the what, what we're seeing and what we're observing is a lot of organizations that are becoming what, what we call change fatigued, meaning they're just overwhelmed with the amount of change that they're dealing with as it, as it relates to their business. And the things that really stand out is there are some companies out there that are really good at handling change fatigue and managing change within their organizations. And there are other companies that really struggle with that. And it becomes very overwhelming within their organization to have all of this change thrust upon them as part of the pandemic. To us, it's, it's very clear that the ability for an organization to manage this change and to respond to this change is something that, that we call change agility, right? That's, that is a company's ability to implement and adopt change at the pace of business. Uh, and there are those that do it very well, and there are those that don't. And frankly, organizations ought to be viewing change agility as a, a strategic organizational capability. And if you can implement and become one that that has change agility, then you can outpace and outchange your competitors. It really becomes a differentiator in the marketplace for you. Okay, very good. So change agility, that's an important concept. Cheryl, I know that Chris just gave kind of a brief definition of what that, mm -hmm. that term means, but can you expand on that a little bit? What are we talking about when we talk about change agility? Yeah, so when we talk about this concept of change agility, what we're referring to is an organization's ability to uh, really integrate and respond to change within and throughout the organization. And we break that down into three primary components. We have sponsor engagement, how engaged 
is the leadership team? Are the executive sponsors with the change itself and within their organization? They've got to have a foundation of trust uh, and a capability that says, I, I know how to lead through change. Uh, I'm an advocate for change. I can coach and support my organization uh, through the change that's happening or any change in the future as well. It's this overarching readiness uh, to be able to step into that role. So how engaged are our sponsors or our leadership team in general who ultimately become our change sponsors if you're going through a planned approach? Um, the second part of change agility is this individual uh, resistance management. Regardless of the change, many of us experience levels of resistance. We don't want to change. It's going to hurt. It's going to be hard. I've got to do something a little bit differently. And we all have that initial uh, resistance at some level. It's, it's very common and natural. The individual's awareness of that resistance and the, the ability to self-manage through it is a key capability that we can embed within our workforce early on. We don't have to wait until a change hits and then manage it, but we can develop this, this level of resistance management that says, how can I be aware of my own responses, my own initial reactions, and then be able to prepare for that? Meanwhile, our sponsors are also in a state of preparedness to to be able to manage that resistance as well. So we're tackling it from both ends and we're laying that foundation. The final piece of change agility is around organizational rigidity. Said another way, it's this mindset for change, this organizational mindset. Um, it's an openness and a willingness to uh, look at the way work flows and viewing collaboration as a key component to change and a positive outcome. It says, how can we um, can we fail fast and move on? Are we that organization that is able uh, to see things and be willing to make to make adjustments? Uh, do we do we see collaboration as a way to speed things up? And are we prepared to do something? Are we able to try new things? Do we have an overall mindset of of willingness to make a change. And that's something you can lay the foundation on way before a change ever occurs. And that's where the concept of change agility uh, comes from, is laying that foundation. Yeah, there's some there's something I'd like to add to that as well that, that Cheryl really hit on in terms of the mindset and sort of the absence of this organizational rigidity. The, the places where we find organizations doing that well and where the mindset for change and the capacity to change is there is where organizations manage change. And I, I hate using the word too many times, but they manage it at the organizational level, right? They kind of think of it as a portfolio of change within their, within, within their organization. I talked about change fatigue a, a moment ago, and that's when there's just so much coming at the employees that they're overwhelmed by all of it. But when you have this mindset and you have this, this, this uh, sort of lack of organizational rigidity that's fostered by managing change at the organizational level, you're generating capacity within your employee base to take on more change, right? Because that's really what, what the capacity mm -hmm. represents is their ability to adopt this new change while getting the work done that they have to do now. And so handling all of those things at an organizational level as sort of this portfolio 
is where organizations really stand out from their competition and, and it pulls together this notion of change agility. Okay. And, you know, Chris, you mentioned before that the more agile you are when it comes to change or the more agile an organization is, then the better positioned you are in the marketplace. In other words, it's, it's an advantage, right? And that some organizations are better set up for a variety of reasons to be agile when it comes to change. So Cheryl, what is it that you think distinguishes those organizations that find themselves like, oh, we're, we're already agile, we're, we're being very agile about how we manage change? I think you've both touched on this at least a little bit already, but let's hone in on it specifically. What do those organizations look like that enables them to be so agile? With the right time and resources, um, any organization can engage in a well-executed change management process. You put the number of people on there, you follow the right steps, you deeply embed yourself. Um, but the real difference comes in when we're faced with this unexpected change uh, mm-hmm. like we just uh, experienced. You know, it doesn't leave us time to do the deep dive assessments. We can't really get that current state of where we are and work uh, from there up. Uh, we we can't plan um, and necessarily execute all those pieces properly. And that's really when we see the differentiation. Uh, you know, as a private pilot, we go through these checklists on the ground before our plane even gets in the air uh, so that when we're faced with this mid-level emergency, uh, we can respond effectively with the plane we have, right? We don't have time to change planes. We can't check the oil levels. Uh, we, we can't get in there and say, is there something wrong with my measures? Are my flaps working? Are my tires aired up? We have to assume because we did an initial check that we have a baseline of where we're, where our plane is and that it can handle what we're about to ask it to do. That's the same thing with organizations. So when we prepare for a change while we're still on the ground, uh, safely on the ground in the midst of no real change or upheaval, uh, we can be better prepared and we can, uh, those are the organizations that are really gonna thrive through this unplanned change or this mid-flight emergency, and they're going to survive uh, faster, better and overall with less casualties along the way in the process because we've done the foundational work and we know where our plane stands when we have this disaster take place or this unplanned change. And so we talk about a competitive advantage and what really differentiates, that's what differentiates organizations is how well they manage change before the change ever occurred. I like that plane analogy, Cheryl. When I was in in college, I had to take boxing class. And I remember one of the lessons that the instructor kind of taught us was that everybody, you know, when you go in and you're preparing for your fight, everybody has a plan. Until until the first punch is thrown, right? And and now things change because there was something that she didn't necessarily plan for. But if these elements are are inherent in your organization, they've been in, embedded in your organization, they've been reinforced in your organization, then the natural muscle rhythm and the natural muscle memory of the organization can take over and respond adeptly to these unplanned disruptions and the organization can thrive through it. And it doesn't become this event that drags it down, slows it down, right? It becomes an environment where your organization is the one that's thinking clearly, 
making the adjustments and coming out the other side of that disruption ahead of your competition. Uh, and, you know, that's a pretty remarkable strategic advantage for any company to be able to have. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think it was Mike Tyson, by the way, who said something really similar. He said, everybody has a plan until you get punched in the face. Well, I can tell you that, 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 that I, you know, my boxing class came before Mike Tyson was, uh, uh-huh. you know, on the, on the horizon or out there. So whether, who knows who got it, but <laughs> it was, it was taught to me in my boxing ring, which I never want to in, in, encounter again. <laughs> <laughs> right. But, but okay. But I think the, it's a good point though, that whether it's in a boxing ring or you're an organization, things can go sideways very quickly. Yeah. And I think your point is that if you already have the structure in place to, you don't know exactly what that change might be, but if you have the structure in place for whatever may come, we know what to do, then you're in good shape, which leads to the next question, Chris, which I'll throw to you. So for organizations that aren't already there, how do you become one of those organizations? What steps do you need to take to get that stuff in place so that when the change comes out of nowhere, you're not caught completely by surprise. You're ready to roll with it. It's focusing on those three elements that we talked about. So first is engaged sponsorship, right? Not every sponsor has the the natural tendency or ability, or I should say not every executive has the natural tendency or ability to, to serve well as an engaged sponsor. And so take the time to, to see where your, where your executive teams are and their sponsorship ability and upskill them upskill them, begin to develop that organizationally within within your company to make sure that that folks know how to be and act as an engaged sponsor. Secondly, I would say, um, you know, begin developing that that cultural mindset or that that lack of organizational rigidity within within your company. Make sure that uh, you you are fostering an environment where it's okay to test things. It's okay not to have a perfect solution as you're as you're responding to something and putting it out there. It's okay to to think of collaboration as a strategic advantage among your work team to move things faster, not as this requirement to have groupthink, right? begin to reinforce that within your organization early on in in your day-to-day activities. And I would say, you know, start to think about and and get employees, whether your frontline workforce, your your frontline leaders, or even your executives, to truly begin to understand the nature of resistance when change comes. I mean, Cheryl said it, we all, nobody likes change. We Mm -hmm. all have this natural resistance to change. And having having an organization and beginning to focus on mechanism, tactics, uh, and approaches to one understanding the reasons behind the resistance, but then offering solutions to work them through the resistance. Those are those are tactics and capabilities and skills that you can begin to develop organizationally outside of a change event. Uh, and when you when you begin to put those three pieces together and then support it, you know, maybe with with a, a willingness to leverage technology to move decisions quickly, to move collaboration and enhance and facilitate collaboration, it, it sets that structure that that helps eliminate organizational rigidity that we talked about. 
these are these are all things that can be done in advance of any plan disruption, right? Uh, and and if you begin to focus on those key elements and put in place tactics and programs that will enhance them, then you're setting your organization up for for success whenever the next thing comes down the road. And I would love to add, Chris, that I loved how you related change, the change process and change agility as a muscle. And we don't have to wait for significant and large changes to take place to practice the steps of of proper change management. And so often we think we only need a change management partner when we have this significant enterprise-wide multi-division change. Um, But then we're just sitting around waiting to lift up the heaviest weight possible. And we're going to realize we're going to throw our back out. Our knees are going to buckle. It's going to be really hard. and We're going to be super sore and we're not going to ever want to do it again. But if we can start with small incremental changes and really practice the steps and go through the flow and and recognize what we're doing and talk about resistance, use these words, uh, talk about why we're doing it, really practice engaging your sponsors and having them lead the organization through it and coach and support all along the way, then we're going to be better able to manage those big changes as they occur. And we're going to just glide right through them because we're going to have the the common language. We're going to have worked those muscles and everyone's going to know the parts that they're supposed to play. And it's going to be much easier than waiting for that big, massive change to say, now we're going to engage in each and every step along the way. It's going to be a lot harder. So guys, we've covered a lot of territory. Let's sum things up a little bit, get some final thoughts. And Chris, I'll start with you. What's the main takeaway for listeners who might wonder where they stack up from a change agility standpoint? Yeah, I would, I would say, Jeremy, that it's, it's important to, be, to, to take an honest introspective look to your organization, right? And and use the fact that we're, you know, are we all the way through this pandemic? Absolutely not. Uh, is there still change occurring out there? Absolutely. But but take the time to look backwards and, and look at the key elements that we've addressed here and think about how are my spon- how are my executives at sponsorship do, do we understand resistance and what drives it and how to help people through it? And are we an organization that is just set in our ways? Or are we capable of thinking and acting differently than we have in the past? Uh, so those, those three key things, if, if you spend time truly looking at your organization and assessing your capabilities in those three domains, it's going to it's going to put you leaps and bounds ahead of, of your competitors out there. And Cheryl, same question to you. What's your main takeaway? My main takeaways are going to spread across the three. So if, if Chris is, is really driving the three components, uh, they're, they're really a, important uh, characteristics for me within and across an organization are resilience and optimism. Having this general positive outlook and a culture of resilience and optimism is going to help your organization bounce back from challenge and struggle and then also continue to look to the future. One of the reasons why we struggle so much often with change is one is a lack of ability, but there's also that fear of what's going to come and not having that forward thinking 
outlook and, and saying, what is on the other side of this, this chasm or this challenge that I'm facing? And how do I look at that with an optimistic outlook, uh, as opposed to catastrophizing the situation, making it generic and, oh my goodness, where you have so many challenges. Oftentimes we're talking about something very streamlined and specific, and we can get through that much more easily than uh, a pessimistic mindset will will suggest. And many organizations have more of this current state pessimistic outlook, and they lack the overall resilience to be able to bounce back from some of these challenges. And that is a foundational element of change agility and probably my most two uh, critical characteristics, whether you're talking about an organization, a family, or an individual. It's just so powerful across the board. Indeed, absolutely. Well, thank you both for those takeaways. And thank you both for uh, your time and for a great discussion. Chris, it was great to have you. Thank you. Thank you for having us, Jeremy. And Cheryl, likewise, thank you so much for your time. Thank you. The Performance Matters Podcast is brought to you by GP Strategies. Together, we can create a world where business excellence makes possibilities achievable. You can subscribe to the show anywhere you get podcasts and listen on our website at gpstrategies.com slash podcasts.